You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Hello, everyone. This is your close personal friend, Auburn Elvis. You know, recently we've done a few Auburn Equestrian podcasts over on the E2C Extra brand, and Kyle Loomis and I were talking, and he asked if I would be interested in making this into a regular podcast. And I said, heck yeah. So we have decided to do that, and we're going to call it War Horses. So welcome to War Horses, a podcast dedicated to the Auburn Equestrian program. So let's get right on into it. Uh, This weekend, the number one ranked Auburn Equestrian program took a visit over to the number 7th ranked South Carolina equestrian program, and we had a meet over there in South Carolina, and Auburn's 12-meet winning streak uh, versus the Gamecocks was on the line, and I'm happy to report that that streak is now up to 13 meets in a row. Auburn won the meet overall, and here's how it broke out in the different events. First, they rode the flat, which is uh, one of the fancy English riding where you basically take the horse and you run it through uh, a pattern that demonstrates how great you are at controlling a horse in a situation where you might be out uh, hunting with your horse uh, on a flat area. So that's the idea of it. And Auburn is really good in the hunt seats. I mean, we're really good in everything, Um, but we just... uh, We have lots of All-American riders uh, right now in the hunt seat. So we won the flat 4-1. to We even got the MOP, which stands for Most Outstanding Participant. Uh, that went to Taylor St. Jock. Uh, she's a junior. She's been she's been winning points ever since she got to Auburn. She's great. She's one of our top riders, and so no surprise there. Then we had Raining, which is in the western seat. So you'll see the ladies dressed in the western attire riding that. So Raining is uh, where they're doing some patterns, and um, I think there's a lot more uh, hard runs and stops at the end of those patterns is kind of the difference between Raining and the other Western uh, event horsemanship. So we won that one, but three to two, three points to two, but it was very close. In fact, um, each of the Auburn points that we won were decided by a raw score of only one or one half of a point in the raw score. So, for example, one rider might have a 65 and the other rider might have a 65.5. And so that was kind of the situation for Auburn. There were lots of close victories for us in that one. Uh, It actually could have easily been a uh, 5 nothing sweep for South Carolina. But as it turned out... uh, even if we had gotten swept in that event, we'd have probably won overall, but it still is never good to get swept. But we didn't get swept. We actually won the majority, but I just want to let you know that in that event, it was very close. Um, but we prevailed. Uh, fences was kind of going to be that key event where if we took enough points in there, we were going to guarantee we won the event. Well, we did. We won four out of the five points in Fences. Uh, we had the MOP um, in that event as well. Emma Kurtz won that, and so we got four enough points out of that that we guaranteed we were going to win the meet, but you never like to rest on your laurels. You want to uh, finish strong, and we did uh, in the horsemanship event. Uh, we won that one three to two. We didn't get the MOP honors. Somebody from South Carolina did, but st- still, we took the majority points, and if you take the majority of points in everything, you guarantee you're going to win, so... 
it was a good day for Auburn. Uh, South Carolina is a good team. They're not one of the best, but they're they're good, and it was at their place, so they have those advantages of knowing the horses, because uh, we don't carry a horse the horses with us to, on these away meets unless it's the national championship. Uh, so what you do is when you show up at somebody else's place, you're riding on their horses. So they've got a little bit of an advantage. They're they're sort of aware of what those horses tend to make mistakes at and things like that. So they're typically more prepared uh, when they're riding at home. So let's look around the country at some other meets that were going on. Auburn wasn't the only meet, although we're always the most important one. Over in Athens, Georgia, uh, there was an upset. Uh, Georgia was number two. Uh, they had Texas A&M uh, come in, and if you'll remember last week, actually wait, it was about a month ago, Texas A&M lost to Fresno State, and that was a big upset when that happened, and it cost Texas A&M a couple of points in the rankings. Well, they went over to Georgia, and they won that uh, meet 11-9, to so that's great. We love that. We love it whenever Georgia loses. It's awesome. So that's cool, although the downside of that is it means that Texas A&M is probably pretty good, and they're not as bad as what maybe we were hoping when they turned in that loss against Fresno State. No, uh, A&M's good, or at least they're an up-and-down team where on any given day they might be uh, just as good as, as anybody. So we'll have to look out for them, and I think we've got them coming up uh, where we are going to go out to College Station on November 9th in a couple of weeks. So we've got to be ready for that. Uh, the Aggies are going to host uh, South Carolina next week. So the team we just beat is going to go out to College Station next week. So we'll want to keep an eye on that. That'll give us a little bit more um, direct comparison to how good A&M is when we see how they do against the riders we just rode up against. There was another big meet. Let's see. Uh, Oklahoma State flew out to California and uh, went to Fresno State. And they got upset by Fresno State. So here again, Fresno State is upsetting these these teams. Uh, so they hosted Oklahoma State. You remember they're the um, number three team. Uh, Auburn beat them in the very first meet of this season. Well, they go over to Fresno and they lost. Now, it was a very close loss. Um, you know, uh, I think one girl for Oklahoma State had a had a zero where she went off course, and that of course cost them a point. Um, if that hadn't happened, then it would have been a ten all tie, and you you got to figure if she'd have gotten a decent score, they probably would have won on the on the tiebreaker. So that one ride right there cost them the whole meet. So um, we'll see what that does to them in the rankings, but uh, it it ain't gonna help. Uh, the very next day, Oklahoma State went uh, drove over to UC Davis, which I guess is pretty close to Fresno, um, and then they just pounded UC Davis. They beat them thirteen to five. So um, they rebounded from that loss on Friday, but uh, we'll see what that does to them in the rankings. They'll probably fall a little bit. Uh, also, let's see. On Friday, Sweetbriar uh, went to Delaware State and they lost uh, four to four with a raw score tiebreaker of six hundred and thirty to six hundred twenty-eight. So this here is an example of what I was talking about, where if the points are tied at the end of the meet, then you look back and you total up everybody's raw scores that they earned on their rides, you add them up, and then whoever had the highest raw total uh, is your winner. And that happened with Sweetbriar. They were over at Delaware State. They tied on all the points, 
ended up having a tiebreak. So neat little example there. And then uh, Lynchburg was also at that same meet, so they were doing a three-team meet there, like we've seen at other places. Uh, Auburn's been a part of some of those. And Lynchburg lost to Delaware State. One interesting thing about that, they're both uh, nicknamed the Hornets as their mascot. So the Hornets won, but the Hornets also lost. Uh, SMU was also at Georgia, went to Georgia yesterday on Saturday. And uh, number six, SMU lost to Georgia. So Georgia, you know, had lost, narrowly lost to Texas A&M on Friday, and they rebounded and beat uh, SMU 8-10. to And so there were a couple of ties in that, I bet, um, where the, neither team got a point. One interesting note I have here is that Georgia took 9 out of 10 in the Hunt seat, but only took one point in the Western seat. So that gives you a little bit of indication of what Georgia's strengths are. They're real good in the Hunt seat, uh, maybe not so good in the Western seat. Or maybe SMU is really good at Western. I mean, you would figure that being out in Texas, they're probably pretty good at Western. So, But that's kind of our wrap-up of how things went. Again, Auburn looked great. Other teams are kind of looking like, you know, they got some... Uh, some issues that maybe Auburn will be able to take advantage of when they uh, face them. So on to the rankings. So every week the NCEA puts out a weekly rankings. Usually it comes out on Wednesday. So depending on when this podcast posts and when uh, you listen to it, there could be new rankings. Um, But as things are right now from last week, Auburn is, of course, number one. Uh, you've got Georgia, uh, was sitting at number two, but they're probably going to drop a little bit. Maybe Oklahoma state lost. So maybe they'll drop Texas A&M one. So maybe they'll go up. Maybe Texas A&M will be our new number two again. I don't know. We'll see. But basically Georgia, Oklahoma state and Texas A&M all seem to be about at that same caliber. Um, each of them have lost already. And so, yeah. TCU, SMU, South Carolina make up uh, five, six, and seven. Uh, Then you got Baylor at number eight. You got Fresno State at number nine. Then you got UT Martin at number 10. At this point, I want to throw out a little bit of trivia that I've noticed. This is kind of a cool thing going on with the rankings. Every week for the last five weeks, you know, we've been coming out with these rankings. We started with the preseason, then they change every week a little bit depending on the results. And throughout that, Two teams in the rankings have stayed in the exact same place in the rankings every week. Now, can you guess who those are? Now, the first one's easy. It's Auburn, number one, and that's you, that's expected. If you're the number one team and you just keep winning, you know, you're going to stay number one. But what's really weird is who that other t- team is and what position they're in. And it happens to be number nine, Fresno State. Really weird, just an odd little thing going on with the rankings every week. Fresno State has won some meets, lost some meets. Teams have moved above them, around them, and all over the place. But every week, Fresno State ends up being ranked number nine. So the people doing these rankings really feel strongly that Fresno State is the number nine team in the nation. So kind of a little odd thing, and we'll see if that continues uh, on our Wednesday uh when the next rankings come out, I'll keep you updated to see on our Fresno State number nine watch. <laughs> Let's see, another interesting thing. So to get an idea of your knowledge of equestrian, I put out a simple Twitter poll. And basically I asked, do you know what a full cheek snaffle is? And here are the results from that poll. Coming in in uh, fourth position was the answer of some damn Instagram fad. Now, that uh, finished at 9%. Um, Next was, does a full cheat snaffle mean a flavored seltzer drink? 13% of y'all thought that. Uh, That is wrong. 
then the next most popular answer was, of course I know, you peasant. That was 16%. So 16% of you, I'll, I'll take you at your word, that you do know what a full cheek snaffle is. And the most popular answer for what a full cheek snaffle is, is Mississippi State uh, tackling Joe uh, Burrow, the quarterback at LSU. If you remember last week when they played, there was this funny incident where he got tackled and his pants got pulled down and you could see his bottom. Ha ha ha. And so 62% of you thought that's what a full cheek snaffle is. So there you go. That tells me that the overwhelming majority of you are not super knowledgeable about equestrian, but that is great. That is a low bar, and uh, I can easily clear that. Um, and also, I'm not going to actually tell you what a full cheek snaffle is. Instead, I'm going to use this as a little segue into um, our next meet, talking about our next meet. And you'll see why in just a second, if you just bear with me. So at our next meet, uh, this next weekend on Friday... We are going to be hosting Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss does not have a full-on varsity uh, NCEA equestrian program. It's a club sport, and so they're considering getting into the NCAA, so we're hosting them as an exhibition just to sort of let them try it out and see what they think. Uh, in fact, interesting note, we helped them start uh, their NCAA um, uh part of the club program by donating uh, their first horse. We, Auburn, donated their first horse to Ole Miss, so... Yay us. This meet is happening on uh, Friday, and I'm actually going to be in town for that. So I'm, I'm heading down to Auburn, uh, probably going to go down on Thursday on Halloween for the soccer match, and then I'll go to Equestrian on Friday and the football game on Saturday. So if you're around, come and see me at one of those events. Uh, I will be wearing the costume, and uh, we'll have a great time. But specifically, what I'm going to do at the Equestrian event, I got this idea. So bear with me here. If you've ever been to a professional soccer game, maybe you know Atlanta United or something like that, uh, one thing that's really interesting in su soccer supporter culture is they have these things called supporter groups. And what they do is they stand around the whole match, they stand up, they don't sit down, they uh, sing a bunch of songs, they drink, uh, and they just have a big old time. It's like a little party going on, and it's really a part of the event. It's not just you know this separate thing. It, it create sort of the soundtrack for the whole game you know they have drums and instruments and all this music and cool stuff going on and they got songs about soccer songs that are not about soccer songs about the players songs that don't really have any words they just you know are doing chants and who knows and it, it might sound a little dumb but trust me it really works it's really kind of cool so i was thinking you know, what if Equestrian had some version of that? Um, because I don't know if you've been to a lot of meets, but basically it's kind of low-key for the audience in a lot of these meets where you're just kind of sitting there and you cheer a little bit, but it, you know, it's not that you're prevented from cheering. And in fact, the the riders on the team that aren't actually riding, they're, they're shouting out encouragements, and typically uh, the stadium has a little bit of music going on softly in the background or something. So you're not supposed to be quiet. It's not like golf or something. Um, but, you know, you just kind of sit there until the ride's over, and then you clap and stuff. So I was thinking, <laughs> wouldn't it be kind of cool if while you're sitting there uh, watching the uh, rides going on, or the rides for your team for Auburn, what if someone, you know, maybe someone wearing a homemade Elvis costume were there leading some horse riding or horse themed songs? And maybe what if that person was also 
giving away some custom-made Auburn stick horses that he had spent quite a good deal of time making for the express purpose of giving away uh, so that he could encourage other people to join him in uh, singing these crazy horse songs and that whole crazy idea. I mean, that might work, right? Right, baby? Well, you know what? If you show up at the equestrian meet on Friday, you'll see if it works. And it might be a complete failure. It might be just this one idiot standing there trying to get everybody to sing and nobody wants to sing. That totally might happen. But hey, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. We'll see. So if you can, come on over. Uh, I have made these really cool stick horses. I didn't make a lot of them. made about eight of them. And basically, I will lead a song, and then I will call somebody out, out, out of the audience and see if I can get you to lead, help lead the song. And if you're willing to do it, I'll give you a stick horse. And they're really good stick horses. So, uh, And actually, I'll post a picture on Twitter of the stick horses. They're Auburn. They're orange and blue, obviously. And they're really nice. Uh, I bought a pattern online and I sewed them and they're really sweet. So you will be the envy of all your friends when you get this Auburn stick horse. I guarantee it. And it'd be a cool little thing for you to go around and get autographs of the uh, the riders after the meet on the horse and stuff. So uh, so yeah, look check on Twitter after you listen to this and see what the stick horses look like. And then come on over on Friday and watch me make an idiot of myself and sing along some songs and have some fun. Because... That's kind of the whole point. I almost forgot. Uh, this was the original segue from the What a Full Cheek Snaffle is. Well, if you look at the pictures of the stick horses, you might learn what a full cheek snaffle is. So that's a little hint there. So that is our first equestrian podcast under the new War Horses name. I am Auburn Elvis, and thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?